0: I don't know if you've thought about this, but birds actually play a prominent role at Christmas time. For example, um, the most common bird on a Christmas card is a cardinal. Now, I don't know why it's the most common bird. Maybe because it's red, you know, one of the colors of Christmas. Turkeys play a prominent role, don't they? (laughs) Because we like to eat them. I don't know, any of you ever eaten a goose? like the Cratchit family. Um, and of course, there's a song that has a number of birds mentioned in it. Twelve Days of Christmas. Let me see if I can get them all. There's seven swans swimming, six geese a lane, uh, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. That's six different birds mentioned in Twelve Days of Christmas. I think if you do the math on that, it's like 23 total birds. And... What's a partridge, anyway? Obviously, it's some kind of bird. We're not all that familiar with it, but uh, this is what it looks like. It's actually a bird that uh, is pretty common in Europe, and so that's why we're not as familiar with it. And, um, of course, one reason it's mentioned in the song is because the guy who wrote 12 Days of Christmas was British. So it makes sense. You know, one bird that we don't associate with Christmas very often is an eagle. Now, an eagle, of course, is our national bird. And when we think of an eagle, we think of, uh, well, we think of dignity. We think of power. We think of strength. Maybe the word majestic even comes to mind. An eagle can soar higher than any other bird. And it has amazing vision. You know, it it's said that an eagle's vision is four to eight times better than our vision, than human vision, which is I'm sure where we get the term eagle eye. And it can spot a rabbit from two miles away. So stay in your rabbit hole, Bugs Bunny. And of course, an eagle's wingspan is like seven feet. Interestingly, in the Bible, God is compared to an eagle. And this metaphor is used in the context of God caring for us. That God is there for us. That God is with us. Never is that metaphor more meaningful than what it was to Joseph and Mary that very first Christmas when they were there with little Jesus. And all of a sudden they had to flee for their lives taking Jesus with them and go to Egypt because King Herod wanted to kill Jesus. So we begin a new series today that we're calling God with us or God is with us. And you may say, well, I've heard that phrase at Christmas before, but where does it come from? Well, it actually started in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah seven fourteen, which was Written 700 years before Jesus was on earth. Isaiah was a prophet. And here's what he prophesied, or this is what he predicted. He said, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Or some versions just read God with us. And then this is repeated again Right before Jesus was born in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. So over the next three Sundays we're going to look at not only how meaningful That phrase was to Joseph and Mary that very first Christmas. We're going to also look at how meaningful it can be in our lives. We're going to look at how God is with us in the wilderness. How God is with us on the mountaintops when things are going well. How God is with us in the valleys. You know, you enjoy God on the mountaintops. You get to know Him really well in the valleys. But you experience Him in the wilderness. And that's where we want to put our focus today. And as we mentioned with Joseph and Mary, when they were there with their child, baby Jesus, and you know, if you're a parent, you know what that's like to experience the birth of a child. You hear some parents talk about how it's the most meaningful experience they go through. And here they had little Jesus, and before long, we don't know how long it was, but soon after that, they're fleeing for their lives that Herod King Herod won't kill baby Jesus. They had to go to Egypt, and to get to Egypt, they had to go through the wilderness. Now, wilderness at that time was often that that word was often associated with wandering. You know, when we think of wilderness, we may think of like Woods or forests or thick, dense areas. Actually, a wilderness in biblical times was more like what we would refer to as a desert, maybe a very desolate or dry or barren place, is what their wildernesses were like. And often you associated wilderness with being alone, a place that felt like you were never going to get out of it. And perhaps that's how Joseph and Mary felt as they were headed to. Egypt that very first Christmas as they wandered through the wilderness. So I want to take you to the Christmas story, to Matthew chapter 2. And actually, this is a part of the story we don't read very often. We tend to skip over it because it's not very pleasant to read. And here's what we read in Matthew 2.13. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up! flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. And of course, as they headed to Egypt, they had to go through the wilderness. Now, do you think there were times when they were wandering through the wilderness towards Egypt and they were thinking, God, this is not what we expected. We were faithful. We did what You wanted. This is Your Son. And now, this, we have to flee to Egypt? Some of you, as you head into the holiday season, feel like you're in a wilderness. You may even be dreading this holiday season because of what you're going through. You just wish you could move on to January. You know, Christmas time is a magnifier. For some, Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, the happiest season of all. So it highlights all the good. For others, it not only brings to light the difficulties, it's like it sheds a spotlight on them. And your wilderness can seem like it lasts way too long. Maybe you're stuck in a job and you're wondering if it's ever going to change. You'd like to get a better job, but that means you've got to get more schooling. You don't want to do that. You don't want to have to take out a student loan and have all that debt. Or you're stuck in a marriage that just won't seem to change. You've talked to him. You've talked to her. You've even done some counseling, but it just hadn't improved. You're beginning to wonder if it will ever improve. Maybe your wilderness is with a child. Your child's gone a different direction than you'd hoped. And in spite of your attempts, you just don't see any change. Maybe you've been waiting for the right person to come along to spend your life with. How long are you going to have to wait You know, I don't want to have to spend the rest of my life alone, do I? God, it could be anxiety or depression. Will I ever be at peace again? Perhaps you're experiencing a financial wilderness this Christmas, and you just can't seem to dig your way out. The pressure just continues to mount. You know, and I haven't even mentioned the C word yet, right? COVID? And how that has maybe impacted you. And you feel sometimes like your wilderness just goes on and on. You may feel lost, disoriented, alone, like nobody understands. I think Mary and Joseph could relate as they wandered through the wilderness towards Egypt. So here's today's bottom line. Your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. That's often what wilderness experiences do. They drive us to depend on God. Sometimes because we have nowhere else to go. No one else to turn to. When we're in a wilderness, we find an incredible promise from God. The promise that He is with us. He's right there in the midst of our wandering. Emmanuel. I want to take you to a song that Moses wrote In the book called Deuteronomy in the Bible, it's Deuteronomy chapter 32. Moses was very familiar with wilderness experiences. He spent close to 80 years of his life in one wilderness or another. And what I'm going to read is so picturesque language. Let me start reading in Deuteronomy 32 verse 9. It says, for the people of Israel belong to the Lord. Jacob is his special possession. He found him, meaning Jacob, that's just a reference to the nation, the people of Israel. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of a wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that flutters over its young, spreading out its wings, catching them, bearing them on its pinions. This talks about the special relationship of God and the people of Israel. They were His special possession. And did you notice what it says about the wilderness? He called it a howling wasteland in in verse 10. It's the most desolate, lonely place. And yet... Where is God when you're in a howling wasteland? Right there with you. And that's the message. God with us. God is with us. Emmanuel. He circled them. He cared for them. And I love one of the phrases we read where he said that they were the apple of His eye. Literally in Hebrew, that means the pupil of His eye. And that figure of speech, apple of his eye, that's exactly what it means to us in English that he cherishes us. You know, grandparents might say something like that about their grandkids. So now, in verse 11, if you want to know exactly what it means that God is with us in the wilderness in the difficulties of life, God is compared to an eagle that cares for its young. And I love that picture eagles in that part of the world were probably a little different than the ones we have in America, but we still get the point. Um, And one of the points is you don't mess with an eagle. And you especially don't mess with an eagle that's protecting its young. Um, An eagle is not only majestic and full of power and strength, but it's also fierce. In August of this year, a government drone was flying over the shoreline of Lake Michigan, monitoring the environment. And this drone was 162 feet in the air, and it just disappeared. It had been attacked by an eagle. You heard me correctly. It was attacked by an eagle. The eagle tore off one of the drone's propellers and they found this drone at the bottom of Lake Michigan. The eagle flew off unhurt. Apparently the drone had entered the eagle's territory. So with that in mind, think of baby eagles riding on its mom or dad's wings or pinions as they're called. What this is telling us is that when you go through a wilderness, God is with you like an eagle watching over its young. Now, back to Joseph and Mary and their wilderness experience. Why did God allow them to go to Egypt? I mean, couldn't He have just as easily eliminated King Herod from the picture? Wouldn't that have been a better way to ensure the safety of his son? We are not God. And He does not always consult us. But here's what we do know. The wilderness experience taught Joseph and Mary to trust God. They learned a very valuable lesson. One that they would draw from. One that they would need to draw from later in life. That God is with us even in the wilderness. Especially in the wilderness. There was a huge Jewish community in Egypt at that time. So when they arrived at Egypt, they could have easily blended in. Joseph could have found work. They would have had this, they would have felt this sense of belonging. See, God was watching over them, even as they were going to the wilderness, headed to Egypt. Now there are a couple of lessons that we can learn from wilderness experiences. And here's the first one. Wilderness experiences drive us to God. Wilderness experiences remind us that God is there. You know, I could recall for you time after time after time in my life where I was going through a wilderness, and I know I didn't see this clearly when I was going through that wilderness, but looking back, I always became closer to God during those times. Or I learned something about myself, or I learned something about God. Joseph and Mary needed that wilderness experience. Because through it, they learned to trust God's plan even when they didn't understand. There were going to be many times later in Jesus' life where they had to trust God's plan. Wilderness experiences will do that to you. One thing you'll find when you trust God in the wilderness is is that He is right there with you. He is near. You know, we read this in the book of James. James 4a. It says, come close to God and He will come close to you. Emmanuel, God with us. If you have children, you know that storms can scare them, especially storms at night. Um, where do they want to go during a storm? They want to be with you. I can remember when our daughter was just a real little girl and there was a storm. We would often hear her cry out our, one of our names from her room. You know, mom or dad. and If we would go and try to comfort her in her bed, that usually didn't work. But if we would let her come and sleep in our bed, she would just go right back to sleep. And I remember one night that had happened. And we had put her in our bed, and I was just ready to go back to sleep. So I turned my back to her. I was just starting to fall back to sleep when I saw this blinding streak of lightning in the window followed by this house-rattling clap of thunder. And then it went quiet. And I heard the little voice of my three-year-old daughter say, Daddy, look at me. And so I rolled over and I looked at her and I thought she wanted something or I thought she was going to say something. She didn't. All she wanted was for me to actually look at her. And she went right to sleep. And anyway, There's great comfort in knowing that someone is with you. Some of you are in a wilderness experience right now, and as you go through the holiday season, you need to know or you need to be reminded of Emmanuel. God is with you. It's one of the great promises that comes from the Christmas story. Next, your deepest need becomes a gift when it drives you to depend on God. Now, we don't like wilderness experience, but it's... In the wilderness, that it's often, it often drives us to God and it becomes a gift. It's probably not the gift you're asking for this Christmas. But it's a gift where we can learn to depend on God regardless of our circumstances. And as hard as this is to imagine, you might even at some point in your life look back and thank God for the wilderness experience. You don't see any chance of getting a better job. You're stuck in the same one and you have been for far too long. You don't see that your marriage is going to improve or your family situation. You're single, you're beginning to wonder if you're always going to be single. You got bad news from the doctor, your health is failing. Will anxiety and depression ever go away? Will I ever see the light at the end of the tunnel with my finances? But, if you experience God in the wilderness and learn to depend on Him, it's a gift. I've shared with some of you um, that during some of the more difficult times that we were experiencing as a church many years ago, um, it was just more than I can handle. And to be honest, I wanted to quit. So every Monday morning after the Sunday services, I had the same routine. I would go out to Brown County State Park and I would just spend the morning alone with God. And I prayed, I journaled, I walked and talked to God. Um, sometimes I would read a Christian book just to give me some perspective. I'd read my Bible. And I would tell God almost every Monday morning as I was leaving Brown County State Park, okay, God, I'll give it one more week. I'll serve as pastor for one more week. But we're going to meet again next Sunday and we're, or next Monday morning and we're going to talk about this again. And I actually did that week after week after week. And that wilderness experience lasted much longer than I wanted it to. But, God taught me so much about myself, about Him. Taught me how to depend on Him. And you know what? Looking back now, years and years later, those were some of my best times with God. My deepest need became a gift. And God wants that for you too. If you're going through a wilderness this holiday season, Emmanuel, God is with us. I'd like to pray. God, how I thank You for that uh, incredibly meaningful and important name. God with us. God is with us. And as we go into this Christmas season, my prayer is that for those who especially need it, maybe they're going through a wilderness right now or have been for the last few days or weeks or months or even years, that they could just understand that You are right there caring for them, watching over them. You are with them. And God, even if this Christmas or holiday season is a difficult time, I pray that we could experience You in new ways, meaningful ways, because of that promise, Emmanuel. You are with us. And Jesus, it's in Your name that we pray. Amen.